0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.
1: Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, April 18th. Tijuana's tech industry is booming. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. A hepatitis A outbreak tied to strawberries has sickened at least seven people. Some of the potentially contaminated berries were sold at two Costco business centers and Trader Joe's and Aldi stores here in Santiago County. Dr. William Singh with Kaiser San Diego says, Hep A commonly spreads through fecal matter. He says if someone is exposed and becomes infected, they might start seeing symptoms a few weeks later. Sudden abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. And then about four days after that, you start
2: to notice your urine gets very, very, very dark. Plus, your stool gets very, very pale. If you see that, you have got to go to the doctor to get it tested out.
1: County health officials have been tracking a small uptick in HEPA cases since January, but they say none are connected to the outbreak involving frozen strawberries. Inclement weather shelters in the city of San Diego will continue to open so that people who are homeless can keep warm during cold and wet weather. That's because the city extended the season for the shelters through April 30th. So far, the shelters have been activated a record number of times this season compared to previous years because of the extreme weather. Father Joe's operates one of the inclement weather shelters for the city. From November 1st to March 31st, Father Joe says it provided over 3,700 overnight beds. The city of San Diego's doing an inventory of its trees starting today. They'll use the info to decide where to plant more trees, a key element of the city's climate action plan. Increasing the city's urban forests will contribute to more livable communities, have positive mental health impacts, and cool the air. Urban neighborhoods with mature trees can be up to 11 degrees cooler in the summer than neighborhoods without trees. San Diego residents can request a free tree through the Free Tree SD program. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
0: KPBS on Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the Culture, Communication, and Conflict Certificate. More at ncrconline.com.
1: Tijuana is known as a manufacturing hub. Japanese cars and American healthcare devices have been outsourced to Tijuana for decades. But there's a new type of outsourcing booming south of the border IT workers. KPBS Border reporter Gustavo Solis has been following Tijuana's growing tech industry and he joins us now. Hello, Gustavo. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. To start, tell us about Tijuana's current tech boom and what's been fueling it.
2: Yeah, well, it's largely fueled by uh, this side of the border and really just the fact that there aren't enough American software engineers to fill the jobs north of the border. So uh, companies are kind of figuring out that they can hire very talented, highly trained IT workers in Mexico and and fill those uh, shortages.
1: I imagine these American companies are saving a pretty good amount of money.
2: Oh, it's definitely part of the appeal. I mean, that's just with offshoring and nearshoring in general, right? Part of the appeal is lower labor cost of other countries. Um, so while it is a factor, it's not as much as you'd think. I actually spoke with uh, Omar Para. He works at IT Juana. It's a relatively new company that connects American businesses to Mexican talent. And here's what he had to say about the savings. Yeah, there is a saving. I would say it's not super significant. It's not like you're not going to come here to save half your know, cost or, or, or whatever, right? Or beyond that. But yes, there is a percentage, you know, twenty, you know, 20, 30% of, of difference. And obviously that is a benefit that comes with uh, with uh, doing near shore type of collaborations. Uh, so yes, saving on labor cost is definitely part of the appeal, but I think it's worth keeping in mind that Mexico's tech industry is not competing directly with U.S. and U.S. jobs. They're really competing with other IT outsourcing destinations like India. Uh, so apart from the savings, part of the consideration is working in the same time zone, uh, more familiarity with the American work culture, and particularly for Tijuana, the high level of English speakers that can work with their American counterparts.
1: Interesting. Do you think people um, can expect this boom to continue?
2: I think so. I mean, the people I talk to definitely think and expect it to grow. I mean, at Tijuana, they right now have 400 employees, and they're looking to grow to 1,000 just within the next two years. So it looks like a pretty good party right now, but there are some outside factors that could kind of crash the vibe over there. Uh, Those factors have more to do with the city of Tijuana and and infrastructure than actual uh, economic factors. I actually spoke with David Fishman. He's the CEO of a recruiting company firm called The Sparrow Company, and here's what he had to say about Tijuana.
3: I, I see space cost of living and the
2: amount of talent is pretty well at capacity, like I said. Yeah. And in terms of space, there just isn't any in Tijuana right now. If you look at industrial real estate and office space, uh, the vacancy rate is less than 1%. And demand is actually so high that buildings are leased out before they're even done with construction. So they're renting out half-built buildings already. Uh, in terms of talent, there's way more competition than there used to be. Um for companies all over the world really are looking for TJ talent, and that's creating a bit of a, a recruiting war, right? Companies outbidding each other. Uh, you lose recruits because they get a counteroffer, and, and it's making it very, very competitive right now. So those are kind of outside forces at play right now.
1: From your coverage, Gustavo, are there any other major issues that we haven't talked about?
2: I mean, I think cost of living in Tijuana is a big issue, and it's something that I definitely plan to keep a close eye on. Uh, housing costs are among the highest in all of Mexico, and that's largely fueled by foreign investment and San Diegans moving down to Tijuana just because San Diego's own housing costs are getting ridiculously high, and it's kind of having a, a an impact south of the border. I mean, I have family in Mexico City who get sticker shock whenever they come to Tijuana. They, they say things are way more expensive in Tijuana than they are in the capital. And I think historically we think of Tijuana as a small little border town, but it's anything but that, right? It's a city of two million people or more and one of the most expensive to live in in Mexico. So I do think that is worth keeping an eye on for, for not just this, but a variety of reasons, uh, a variety of factors really impacting the border.
1: Well, a lot of information here. Thank you so much, Gustavo, for joining us.
2: Yeah, no problem, Deb. Happy to talk about this with you.
1: San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria released his budget for the city on Friday. Reporter Kitty Alvarado spoke with the independent budget analyst who will be taking a closer look over the next two weeks.
4: When Mayor Todd Gloria released his $5.12 billion budget for fiscal year 2024, he said it reflects the city's top priorities, solving homelessness, upgrading critical infrastructure, improving services, and keeping the city safe. He also said it was balanced and conservative.
2: It's consistent with past budgets.
4: That's Charles Modica, the city's independent budget analyst. His job is to make sure the budget allocates enough money towards the right things, like homelessness. Some have already said it's not enough.
3: We'll be going through the budget
2: and talking with folks who actually provide those services to make sure that the amounts that are added are reasonable and are sufficient
4: but he already sees an area of concern. That's because some of the money it relies on to pay for some of the services are one-time sources of income.
2: So next year will need to be either growing city revenues or potentially cutting
1: ongoing costs.
4: Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News.
1: Coming up, a profile of the first tenured Black professor at SDSU. We'll have that story and more just after the break. The city of La Mesa is developing a plan to improve parks and recreation. Reporter Katie Heisen looked into the undertaking.
2: The parks plan hasn't been updated in more than a decade, and the city has become more diverse. Community Services Director Sue Richardson says they made sure the participants reflected the city's changing demographics when they surveyed residents. Trails and open space and areas to have passive Um, Family gatherings was really the highest on the list. The city has 14 parks, but many neighborhoods still don't have a park within a 15-minute walk. Mejgan Afshan grew up going to La Mesa's parks and now works on local equity
1: issues.
4: We're uh, growing very rapidly, and so the concern, I think, is making sure that everybody is accessing these resources.
2: Residents can voice their opinions at public workshops this Thursday and next Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. Katie Heisen, KPBS News.
1: Last month, San Diego State renamed its East Commons Mall in honor of Charles Bell. He was a mathematician and the first tenured African-American faculty member at SDSU. SciTech reporter Thomas Fudge has more on this black pioneer in the world of academics.
3: On March 27, San Diego State's East Commons became the Charles B. Bell Pavilion. Charles Bell died in 2010, but his widow and three of his kids were there to cut the ribbon. Danica Green was also there. She was the university's first Charles Bell Scholar and is now an associate vice president at SDSU.
1: He was a pioneer, a trailblazer. So people might wonder who he is, but now that it's institutionalized and on a building, it gives people the power now to find out who he was and the impact he made on campus.
3: Charles Bell was born in New Orleans in 1928 and he quickly got started learning and loving mathematics. How quickly? He enrolled in Xavier University, a historically black college, at age 14. He earned his master's degree from Notre Dame by age 19. He didn't get his doctorate until he was 24, but Bell's daughter, Karen Bell-Shirley, said his doctorate was delayed by two years due to an unexpected conflict.
4: A man
1: in, I believe it was Germany, had written his thesis on the exact same topic. And because the topics had to be unique... And because this man preceded him by a couple of months, they couldn't give my father his PhD. So we had to go back to the starting board and find another topic that was unique.
3: Charles Bell was author of 40 academic papers, many of them focused on statistics. His son, C.B. Bell, along with his sister, said their dad was demanding of them as kids. When I was in
0: high school, he had enrolled me in a summer class in geology, Um, at university of new orleans and that was from nine in the morning until three in the afternoon five days a week and then my sister and i and my best friend took calculus from him between from five to eight six nights a week all summer
3: Bell's career was constantly on the move. He left SDSU after six years to teach at Tulane University and the University of Michigan, just to name two. He taught math overseas at many institutions, including the University of Madrid and Göttingen University in Germany. He insisted. His four kids learned the local language wherever they lived and, as CB put it, he threw them into local schools and expected them to cope. Bell returned to San Diego State in 1981 and retired there 11 years later. Charles Bell's career was remarkable, especially due to racial discrimination. He went to Notre Dame University because they wouldn't admit a black graduate student at LSU in the late 40s. Even though Notre Dame admitted him, CB says his father could not live in the dorms because he was black. CB says his father's mathematical thinking allowed him to disregard racism in a way because it made no sense. He says it helped that Charles Bell was always the smartest person in the room. You know,
0: for him, it was just you do the stuff and then you get the reward. You did the proof, then you have the proof. You have it. I mean, this is you can't decide, well, we don't like it because you're black. That's not even part of the thing that. I think that just never entered his mind.
3: But Karen Bell said despite this, her father was aware of race and taught his children black history lessons using his own books that told the story of black luminaries.
1: He always told me, he goes, no one will ever teach you this. So I'm going to teach you. You need to know we came from people who have made a big, huge contributions to this country, to the world
4: and you need to know that.
3: The Charles B. Bell Pavilion on a weekday is a plaza filled with students talking on their phones, rolling by on skateboards, and walking to the food court. Brandon Gamble, director of the Black Resource Center at San Diego State, says Charles Bell is part of a tradition. People can actually come to the campus here at San Diego State and take a black excellence tour and learn about Harold Brown, who was an outstanding basketball player, but more importantly, who was the first black administrator here on campus, right? Or hear about Shirley Weber, who's our current Secretary of State, but she was also professor in the Africana Studies Department. And he says Charles Bell is a big part of that story. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News.
1: That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at KPBS.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Tuesday.